uh, receiving guidance from God and what that means. What does it really mean as a believer, uh, as, a, as a Christian, um, or as somebody who's even beginning to explore faith in, in Jesus, what it might mean to actually receive guidance from God and how all of that works. How does this relationship with Jesus become something that's more than just a, a kind of a religious experience or a once-in-a-life commitment to Christ and then read the Bible and try to figure it out kind of a deal, but it actually becomes an interactive relationship uh, with God where he lives and breathes and, and speaks uh, through, through you and to you and, and all of that. But I'm going to start with a little story from a recent uh, trip to Costa Rica that I took with uh, uh, my buddy Craig and, and Robert uh, Horn. Robert's here, Craig's away, but uh, uh, we had an amazing time uh, in, in Costa Rica a couple of weeks ago. It was a trip to go visit a friend for Craig's birthday, and lots of uh, ministry things happened along the way. But uh, the story I'm going to tell is just a story of one of the visits we did up to uh, a place uh, called, called the Conseco Lodge, which is way up the River Svegra uh, in the coast, inland of, of Costa Rica. It, you know, it's a very mountainous country. It, it's jungle. And, uh, and we wanted to go visit this, this place. We had a vehicle that was borrowed uh, by the guy, Timothy, who was sort of our, our host on the trip. It was this beat-up, awesome four-wheel drive. Everything there is four-wheel drive uh, Hyundai van. So it's like, imagine like you're one of those little old minivans, but it's jacked up in four-wheel drive. And uh, we were taking this thing up the mountain. And so we had to drive about an hour or so, like almost straight uphill to get where we were going. And then we were going to walk seven miles or 10 plus kilometers inland to this lodge way up uh, in, the, uh, in the river valley. And, uh, and as we went up there, we, we started to have a problem with the van. Uh, the van, something went funny when we hit a bump with the electrical system. And all of a sudden, this little security system, this little light on the dash just started blinking every four seconds. And what it was doing was cutting the power to the fuel pump every four seconds just for a millisecond, just enough to make the car go mm, and then start up and go again. And we were halfway up this hill uh, to uh, the, the uh, spot where we we're going to start walking in. And this thing, this car starts beating us up. And it was a hot day. And every four seconds, we're like, mm, mm, mm. and it's just beating us up. We're just like getting beat by this car. So we we made it up this hill. We, we finally made it up this really, really brutal hill uh, to get to the place where we would walk in. And we made a plan that after we were done at the Conseco Lodge, uh, we would drive the van out a nice, easy, slower, maybe longer route in that would be less hard on the vehicle and less hard on us. That was our master plan. And so I remember we went up to the lodge and we had a good time uh, connecting with the people up there and and just getting to experience their food and their life and prayed with them at the end and, and some of those kind of interactions. We hiked back and the plan was for Timothy and I to drive the van the nice, slow, easy route back and for Robert and Craig to go with our guide, great guy named Don Yon, uh, back over the really hard hilly route. Very quietly uh, to me, while this plan was unfolding, Don Yon, our guide, said, don't let Timothy take you the long way. <laughs> Come with me. And I'm like, you know, I didn't want to dishonor Timothy. I didn't want to, you know, kind of say anything 
about that. And I was like, no, we'll just go with Timothy's plan. We'll go whatever, with whatever's going. And so Timothy and I took the long way around. Well, as it turns out, the way we took around was five to ten times as much uphill and bumpy and bad roads as the way we came in. It was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. We, we didn't have a guide with us, so we didn't know how to get there. So we were reliant on the locals to, to help us find our way. And so you would stop and ask one of the locals at a, at a given juncture, you know, somebody might be coming by on a motorcycle and you get them to stop and slow down. And they'd say, and we'd say, which way to go to the place we were headed? And they would give directions. Like, you know how we in Canada give directions? You go two kilometers this way, then you turn left, and then you turn right. Their directions were always like this. Go that way, then go that way a little, and then go that way. <laughs> There's definitely a third dimension to the directions. And every set of directions we got were straight uphill. We're about an hour into this crazy journey through the jungle without our guide. The car is beating the snot out of us. Every four seconds, and we get a flat tire. Flat tire. We try to change the tire with a jack for a 4x4 that's about a 6-inch jack with about a 4-inch travel. So we jack it up a little bit, put it on rocks. Jack it up a little bit, put it on rocks. Go to change the tire, the lug doesn't, uh, the lug wrench doesn't fit on the lugs. So we find a guy on a motorcycle and he's going to all these different places to try to find tools and when he comes back, he brings back a tool that doesn't work and somebody else to watch the gringos change the tire. I mean, it was a crazy time. And then after that, about another four hours of bad directions, straight uphill, getting beat up by this car. And there was, so there's one point about 3.30 in the afternoon where Timothy and I, we were just, we were literally punch drunk. We were just toast. We just got the giggles and we're laughing our heads off. We couldn't, we couldn't hack it. And Craig and Robert, who had taken the slow, the, the bad way, the bad way home, sent us this picture. <laughs> and there was rage and fury. And we had another two hours of doing this journey. Like, we were done like dinner. We were toast. The moral of the story is this. When you have a guide, oops, when you have a guide, go with him. This is our guide, Damian. When your guide whispers to you, don't take the long way. <laughs> Listen to your guide. Well, the Christian life is, is like that. It's, it's an opportunity to do life with a guide who knows the route, who knows where we're going, who knows how our bodies work, who knows how our minds work, who knows how the worlds work, who knows everything about the past and everything about the future and how it all works. And we need that because it's a jungle out there. It's a jungle out there. Like, I mean, just scroll through your, your Facebook feed and just think, maybe I'll get an opinion on what I should do with my life there. <laughs> like, come on. It's impossible. It's impossibly confusing out there to find your way in the world if the input that you're receiving is all from the locals. Isn't it? 
if the input you're receiving is, life, is all from other locals like you, it, it's impossible to find your way. They're also going to tell you, okay, go this way, then go this way, and then go this way. And you're going to be ending up taking so much longer and having such a harder journey than you need to do. Uh, a scripture comes to mind, Proverbs 3, uh, chapter 5, or, or ch- Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Uh, just listen to this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, and in all your ways submit. That word is not a word that we like very much as uh, people in North America. Submit to him, and he will make your path straight. So the question is, how do we begin trusting God as our guide? How do we begin actually, like authentically trusting God to guide us through the hard things in life? Well, like, like any relationship, it starts with, with getting to know him and getting to trust the guide and getting to have a, a relationship with him. And of course, that's the very heart of Christianity. The very heart of Christianity, what, what makes it different from every religion in the world, and we've been speaking about this for the last several weeks, is that it's a relationship with somebody. It's not a, a relationship that's through rules and, and obligations. Uh, there, there are certainly things that Jesus asks us to do, but it's a, it's a relationship with him, not us trying to do stuff to make him like us more. It's not a relationship with a gumball machine where we put something in and then we get something out. It's a relationship that's so much richer and so much more than that. It's, it's interactive. It's meant to be conversational. So I just want to read this, and we're going we're gonna to look at something else next week, but this is a good spot to start. Uh, chapter John, uh, chapter John, verse John, book of John, uh, chapter 14, verses 5, 14. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I've been among you such a long time, Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. So Thomas is saying to the Lord, Lord, you've told us we're going somewhere. You've told us you're leading us somewhere. Uh, We don't know where you're going, so so how can we know the way? First thing to to look at in that question is sort of early in the disciples' relationship with Jesus, and of course this is Thomas speaking. We call him Doubting Thomas, right, from a story that happens later after the resurrection. Uh, But he says, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Thomas wants to see the end of the journey. He wants to see the whole roadmap, doesn't he, before he commits to the journey. Now, in my experience with Jesus, 
we don't get to know the roadmap to the whole journey. Do any of you know exactly what's going to happen for your 20-year life plan starting now? Anybody got that all in their back pocket? We don't know that, but this is what Jesus says to that desire for certainty and that desire to know everything that's going to happen to us. He says, why don't you start with knowing me? And this is where Jesus brings it down to. Not knowing everything about everything, but knowing him. He points to the relational. Jesus answered, I am the way. I'm the road map. I am the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. The starting point, is, of course, is relationship with Jesus. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Do you want to know God? Are you maybe a person here who uh, believes in God in a, a sort of intangible way? You might believe in God as, as a father who is in heaven, even though that image is uncomfortable for a lot of people. You might believe in God as maybe the power that created the universe uh, at some distant time in history. Or you may believe in God as just some unknowable uh, being well, well, what Jesus is saying is that if you want to know the God who created the universe, everything about him is revealed in me. Do you want to know the character of the God who created the universe? Do you want to know what he is like? Do you want to know what he feels? Do you want to know what he thinks? Do you want to know what his emotional makeup is like? Do you want to know what makes him happy? Do you want to know what makes him sad? Do you want to know what inspires compassion in the heart of God? What inspires wrath? To know all that, we, we look at Jesus. We look at the story of Jesus because everything about the Father is revealed in him. Philip said, Lord, uh, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. Again, Philip now is saying, no, show us the end of the journey. Show us the, show us the end of the thing. Uh, we, we don't want to go through a long process of learning here. We don't want to, can we just click through like to the, the, the meat of the website, what's in here? Like, do I have to read all of this stuff? I don't want to click on the disclaimer. I don't want to know this. I don't want to know that. I just want to know the end. Can I buy the product at the end? That would be really great. I don't have time for all this relationship stuff in the middle. And Philip says, don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been among you for such a long time? Uh, Philip has been there in relationship with Jesus and, and had known him and had this time spent with him. And, and what Jesus is hoping is that light would dawn on Philip's mind and that he would somehow see that, wait a minute, this, this person, Jesus, that I'm interacting with, this is the person I learned about in the Torah. This is that same person that's been revealed through the scriptures uh, and through the prophets, through the law and the prophets, all of a sudden, I've been hanging out with this person. Do, do you not see a resemblance here, Philip? And, and Jesus calls him and says, just, just, we've been with you for such a long time. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? I'm him. Hello? Hello? We're here. <laughs> You're missing the point. Don't you believe that I am in the Father? And that the Father is in me. And Jesus points to the oneness of his relationship with God. Really important for us theologically. Uh, the words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me. So he points to the authority of the creator God. And says that that same authority that, that spoke the universe into existence is, is in me. 
it's out of that authority, his authority, that, that, that I do everything I do. Because Philip's seen the miracles, he's seen the compassion of, of Jesus, he's seen and heard the teaching of the kingdom. He says, that's the creator that's, that's alive in me. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. And, and, and th- there's a lot packed into this, and Jesus unpacks it further. But we're going to stop there. I just want to focus on that word believe uh, in the text. That word believe isn't just uh, accept it as something that is true. That word believe uh, has a- encapsulated in it uh, this, this a, a larger amount of content. Know me. Believe on the evidence. Know me through the evidence of the works themselves. He's saying the evidence is connected with, with what you believe. It's not just the evidence is something you check off. Okay, this is true, therefore I can believe this. Everything that they saw in the life and work of Jesus, everything that he did, everything that he said, every time he wept, every time he cried, every time he, he moved, he was showing the character and the heart of God. He's making a connection like that. So the question is, really practically for us, if getting to know God means getting to know Jesus, how do we really get to know Jesus? How do we really get to know him? How do we get to this place where our relationship with him is something intimate and deep and conversational? And the first answer is obviously through the scriptures. Or for most of us, through the scriptures. Uh, the word of God is is the story of Jesus. It, it's an unusual passage. We don't teach on it very often or talk about it very often. But I just want to read you the preamble to the book of Luke. Because this is Luke just telling you. He's the person who wrote one of the, the synoptic gospels. One of the three gospels that, that tell the story of Jesus. And Luke is just taking that piece and saying, hey, this is why I wrote this whole book. This is why I wrote this detailed story of the life of Jesus. He says this, many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. With this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of things that you have been taught. Luke chapter 1, verses 1 to 4. So the story that we have in the scriptures is the account of what happened in in the life of Jesus written down by people who thought about it. It's written down by people who said, I'm going to take this story. Somebody told me this. I'm going to go investigate it. I'm going to talk to other people about it and find out if it's true. And if it seems like it's true and other people experienced and other people saw it, I'm going to write it down. There's an incredible book called Jesus and the Eyewitnesses. Uh, It's one of these, you know, sort of academic tomes that takes the story of everything that Jesus said and did and connects it with the people in the early church through family relationships and shows the story of how people believed based on the experiences that they had with Jesus and how the true stories of Jesus were transmitted accurately to the scriptures. Incredible, incredible book to read. But it's worth saying that if you, the absolute first thing, if you want to know what Jesus is like, then you have to read the stories about him. 
if you're a new believer, you have to know now, now that we could have it, we could do a little one of those honesty polls that maybe we could all be honest about, but how much do we really investigate to learn about the character and heart of Jesus through reading the scriptures for ourselves personally in this day and age? Probably not very much. Um, for me, uh, I'm, I've, I'm always telling stories about the interaction with Jesus that I have that's sort of miraculous stuff, like where God will give me a word of knowledge for somebody and I'll be able to speak something into somebody's heart or, or God will do some dramatic revelation. And those are all the stories that, that we tell, but probably the most important story in my own journey to tell about getting to know Jesus and getting to know uh, what it's like for him to speak uh, happened looking just outside of a window just like that i didn't have a picture of the actual window i probably should have popped over to my dad's place uh to look at it but uh, it was in high school after i'd had this uh revelation of jesus and, and who he was this calling to ministry that radically transformed my life and i've told lots of miraculous stories around that but the most important story around that is that almost every morning for the last two years of high school, I sat on a stool. I would get up, drag myself out of bed, and I would march myself to the kitchen, and I would make myself a cup of really bad coffee. I didn't know what good coffee was that back then. I believe it was just copious amounts of instant poured into a mug and hot water, like stir that sucker around till the spoon stands up kind of a deal. And I would march myself back to my room before anybody else was awake in the house. And with my cup of coffee sitting on the windowsill and my Bible right beside me, I would read about Jesus and ask him questions. For two or three years, the last two years at least of high school, almost every morning, that's what my morning was like. Just reading the scriptures and getting to know Jesus. And sometimes I would read one verse and I would stare out the window for an hour and think about it. Sometimes I would have a question. I, I would have a question about, you know, it was, it was actually, it was sitting at that stool uh, reading the scriptures that I came to believe in tithing as a 17-year-old person. I wanted to know what this word tithing was that the pastor talked about every week. So I read every verse in the scriptures on tithing and giving and generosity. I had a concordance as well. And I knew after that experience from listening and talking to Jesus that it was on his heart that I should risk 10% of my income for the rest of my life to him in the kingdom to prove to myself that he is God and he is trustworthy that it was an act of worship to do that. And I, I learned that sitting there on that stool. And as I'm writing the sermon, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm telling that uh, story to myself and thinking about how I'm going to sit and tell this story to you, I realized that I was sitting on that very stool. So this stool that I sit at at my desk now is the same stool that I was sitting at when I was 17 years old, reading the scriptures every morning. And talking to Jesus. So we learn about Jesus from reading his story and knowing his story. And we learn from communicating with the Spirit of God in that context. 
So my deliberations, my discussions, my talking with Jesus, my reading the scriptures that happened in those days uh, when I was in high school, uh, or when I learned that that voice in my head that is leading me, I knew that I could trust it if what it said when I asked Jesus a question, I could find in the heart of Jesus as revealed in this book. If you want to hear the voice of God speaking to you and directing you and you want to understand the prophetic and you want to have words of knowledge and spiritual gifts flowing in your life, it absolutely starts with the safety of what's been revealed on the written page for you. It's absolutely foundational and everything flows out of there. It was sitting on that stool uh, by my window looking at it that I, that I said, I read this story in 1 Corinthians and Paul talking about speaking in tongues and I said, Lord, if this tongues thing is, is a real gift, then, then I would like to have the gift of tongues. And sitting on my stool drinking my coffee on a morning uh, just like this, probably in the winter, I began to speak in tongues the first time in my life because what the spirit was saying in my heart lined up with what was written on the page and lined up with what God was doing in my life he poured himself out to me in that way the scripture uh, works with that and this is what we see in John chapter 14 uh, a little bit later on but the advocate the Holy Spirit whom the father will send in my name will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. So Jesus says, I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, and the Holy Spirit will teach you about it all. The Holy Spirit will interpret to you uh, how the scriptures work. So we have this relationship with the Spirit. Now the other thing that happened to me is I was in this phase of passionately longing to get to know God better, and passionately wanting to have a deeper, authentic relationship with Him, uh, to move in His gifts, to change the world, to figure out what my calling to ministry meant, was community happened to me. I spent a lot of time with this young lady here, and with Craig Hall, and Rob Hall, and Craig and Rob's dad, uh, most Sunday afternoons after church crashed on their couch while Ken was trying to make, take a nap I would ask him theological questions and I'm sure he just loved it but it's in that context of having mentors and having people that we can trust to, to help us understand the scriptures people with experience in their relationship with God that is another critical component to receiving guidance from God in a safe and a healthy way. We have to have the scriptures. We, we have to have the voice of the Spirit uh, speaking to us. I'm going to teach a little bit more about the Spirit next Sunday. Um, and we have to have community. And we see this all over the scriptures in Paul's writings. Be imitators of me just as I also am of Christ. And Paul was just not ashamed to do that. He said, well, well, listen to me. I've got something to teach you. Like I've been doing this for a while. And Paul would often justify himself. He would justify his relationship with God. He would explain to people, uh, you know what, I, I've walked with God for a long time. He showed me this. I fell off a horse. I went blind. Uh, then God healed me and restored me. And I began to follow Jesus. I know the scriptures really well. Uh, if you'd listen to me, I could teach you a little bit about Jesus. Would anybody listen, please? And Paul would always say, oh, and listen to the fathers. Fathers. Uh, teach the kids and kids teach the fathers and, and, and Paul would always point people to relationships and community so there's these three really important components to receiving guidance from God uh, the voice of the spirit speaking to you 
does that line up with the scriptures? Does that line up with the heart of Jesus? And let me, let me say there's a real difference between just knowing the scriptures and finding Jesus in the scriptures. You can go through the Bible and you can find any verse to say exactly what you want. I got an email uh, from somebody or a text from uh, a wife uh, in, in southern Ontario just a few weeks ago where she said, my husband feels like he's hearing from the Lord that he's supposed to hate his mother and father and, and his wife and kids and leave. And he's quoting the scripture around that. And I'm like, well, I said bad words. <laughs> Pastor said bad words. <laughs> Hell no. Right? Like, absolutely not. Yeah, that, that is not the heart and the life of Jesus. That is not who Jesus revealed himself in the scriptures. That's a verse in the scriptures, but that's not who Jesus revealed himself to be. And we're going to talk about that in the next weeks. How do you know the heart and the character of God? As you, uh, as you find him in the scriptures. So that's where safety is. Safety is in the scripture. Safety is in trusting a community of people who actually know Jesus and have an authentic relationship with him. And, and, and guidance comes from the spirit speaking to you. And you absolutely have to have all three things working. If you have the word and you don't have the spirit, you're like uh, this guy in southern Ontario who can just Bible roulette whatever he wants and do whatever he wants. It's not a good way to live. If you, if you have uh, just a relationship with God, then you're somebody who, I mean, with, uh, without any sort of grounding in the scriptures, there's a whole other set of errors that come with that. And if you're just listening to community without paying attention to the scriptures or the voice of the spirit, then you're like Timothy and I going through the jungle uh, without a guide asking the locals which way to go or checking on Facebook. It doesn't work. So all three things have to happen in our lives. And that's really just the heart of the message. Jesus wants to guide you. It is a jungle out there, and he doesn't want you lost, and he doesn't want you alone. He doesn't want you stumbling through. He doesn't want you wacky prophesying. He doesn't want you proof texting the scriptures, throwing a dart at it. He doesn't want you listening to the uh, locals and wondering which way to go. He wants to lead you in his way. And it's just required to, to seek all of these three things to do it. Let's just stand up together and pray. Lord, we, we want this to be a church that is led by you. Lord, I want every Christian to know that they can receive guidance from you. That they can hear your voice speaking to them prophetically in line with the scriptures and, and, and guarded by the safety of community. That together as people, we can follow you exactly where you want us to go. Would you give us incredible confidence in your heart to speak to your kids? That we would know that if we're your sheep, we can know your voice. I pray for, for every one of us here, Father, that you will release a hunger to follow you. A passion to know you better through the scriptures. A passion to know the character of your son, your character as revealed by the writers who wrote down stories about him. That the scripture would be a life to us, breath to us. It's God-breathed. Would we breathe it in, Lord? 
Would you give us courage to speak to you, to develop a conversational relationship with you? To hear you leading us moment to moment in a new and fresh way. For anyone in this place for whom that gift of hearing the voice of God has gone stagnant, seem to go and quiet father would you unstop our ears and would you give us a fresh passion to hear you speak and i pray for anyone here who's had bad guidance from community before or from <laughs> the other locals god i ask that you would put around each person those who know you that they can trust so would there be safety in this community as each one seeks after you to know you better, to follow you, to go wherever you're calling us to go. Release us to trust you in a new way, we pray. Amen.